Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We read just the very first portion of our gospel lesson from Luke chapter, Mark chapter 13. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. We pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed. So here we are, the Advent season, the beginning of the church year. Advent means coming, and we are looking forward to the coming of Christ at Christmas, coming to us here and now through word and sacrament, and coming to us at the end of all things, which is, which is what our text is about this morning. Jesus is known by, by many beautiful, comforting names, everything from Savior, Redeemer, Strength, Fortress, Shepherd, and so forth. But he is also known as the Judge, who will come to judge the living and the dead on the last day. And so this is a awesome thing. It's an awful thing, too. And so we have the words of our text. Watch. Be alert. Now, these two words are each used four times in Mark chapter 13 here. And uh, they're a slightly different take, but basically saying the same thing. Uh, the word watch can also be translated something like observe or even be on your guard. The word alert is the opposite of sleep. So it's saying stay awake. But we understand that you know, people can be awake but not quite alert. So if you see a person who just wakes up and you ask them, are you awake? Yeah, I'm awake. Are you alert? No, not yet. So this, we have it here translated alert, which is very proper considering the context. Uh, a wide awake, we might say. And the question is, uh, what are we to be watching for? What are we to be alert about? And there's actually two things. Clearly from our text, we are to be watching for and alert about the coming of the Son of God on the last day. Again, our text says, it is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his servants, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or the crowing of the rooster or early morning. Otherwise, when he comes, when he comes, suddenly he might find you sleeping. So the doorkeeper, and that's all of us, are to be looking out the door for the coming of Christ. Is he coming? Is he coming? Is he coming? But there's also something else we are to be alert about, to watch for, and, and those are the signs of the Lord's coming, because the signs are pointing ahead to the coming of, of Christ. Okay. Road signs. I have to confess to you that uh, several times now, these three, when I've been coming down Another illustration would be how we remind ourselves of some event or meeting coming up. We have maybe a calendar on the wall or a pocket calendar, but these days we have a 
calendar on our, our phone. And I have actually several ways I try to remind myself of something coming up. I have uh, a hard copy of a to-do list, which is also on the computer. I have my calendar on Microsoft uh, Outlook. I have, um, um, I can't remember, I should have a reminder in front of me so I can remember. I, I, oh, I, I speak to my phone and, and uh, record something on my phone. And when I record there, it goes both to my email and to a text message for myself. So I have all these ways to remind myself of a meeting coming up or somebody or something I have to do, some event. But of course, when it comes to Christ, we're talking about something much, much, much more serious. And if we ignore the signs, the reminders, then we will not be prepared for the coming of Christ. In the first part of Mark chapter 13, up until the point of our text, Jesus is describing the signs. And he's describing these signs so that you and I might say, yep, there is a sign, it's a reminder to me that he's coming. One of the signs he gives us is that of deceivers, people who come with deceptions, who come with, with lies. Watch out that no one deceives you. They will deceive many. And so we're, of course, to take what people teach, whether it be in the church or outside of the church, and compare it with, with Scripture, be discerning, avoid that which is false. But at the same time, we are to say, when we see these deceivers out there and these lies out there, we are to say, yeah, that is a reminder that Christ is coming. Another sign Jesus tells us are wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, he says, don't be alarmed when you see these things. And then we're to say, yeah, these are signs that Christ is coming. Earthquakes, famines, natural disasters. Again, we see these, we observe we, these things, we hear about these things, and we say, yeah, this is a reminder that Christ is coming. Persecution of the church. He addresses especially the apostles who will be put on trial and punished and, and tortured, and they are to speak. They don't have to worry about what they're going to speak. The Holy Spirit will give them the words to say. But there is this persecution that has occurred and will continue to occur. And Jesus reminds us it will even happen within our families. Brother will betray brother to death, father his child, children their parents. He goes on to say, you will be hated by everyone because of my name. So endure, he says. But when we see this persecution taking place, whether against those people, those Christians over there, or to us individually, or as a church, again we say, yep, there's a sign, Christ is coming. And then he goes back to uh, the deception for a second time. But he adds that those who deceive us may be able to do amazing and convincing works. 
He says, false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And so he says, watch, be on your guard. Even though they look impressive and do amazing things, compare what they say with the word of God. Be discerning. Guard yourself. And yes, again, it's a reminder that he's coming. And finally, he gives one more sign. He says, in those days after that tribulation, after the church has undergone many terrible things for a period of time that God will determine, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its light, the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So this is one that I've sometimes called uh, beyond catastrophic. It's going to shake the whole universe. Nobody will be in the dark about what's going on at that point. But the point is we have these signs. Ever since the ascension of Christ until this very day and beyond, we will see these signs that are reminders to us that he is coming. He sums it all up in verse 29 of chapter 13 when he says, when you see these things happening, When you see these signs, when you see these reminders, recognize that he is near at the door. And we also recognize that not only are these signs items of interest, we might say, uh, but they will be tough times, and they are tough times, challenging times. Very often in our own backyard, sometimes very personal, especially when we consider it happens within our family or when we are reminded that we will be hated because of the name of Christ. Very personal. Very difficult. So what else do we need to do then besides watch and be alert? What else do we have to do besides simply know the signs and recognize the signs? There's two things. Heard in the absolution this morning, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We are to come to Christ. He gives us rest. And the ultimate primary rest he gives us is the forgiveness of our sins which leads to many other things, of course, but that is where we find rest. We come to Christ because he gives us the forgiveness of our sins. But still the question is, you know, where where do we come to Christ? Where do we find him? Well, clearly we teach, and Scripture teaches so evidently that Christ is found in his word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the Word. Wherever we find the Word of God, there we find Christ. Wherever that Christ is, there we have that forgiveness of sins. And so that's why we have the service we do, which is just infiltrated, you might say, with the gospel of Christ, the forgiveness of sins. From the very beginning of our service, to the sermon all the way to the end, we find the word of God 
which focuses on Christ, who forgives our sins. All its evil lusts and sins, and that a new man daily come forth and arise, who shall live before God in righteousness and purity forever. So when the sins come up, we confess them, and then we are returning to our baptism, which again forgives all our sins, and not only forgives and comforts, but it also strengthens, which is something we need so dearly in this life. And then, of course, there's that other way that Jesus comes to us, and that is the Lord's Supper. On the night he was betrayed, when he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body, which is given for you. He took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. where he gives us the very body and blood and very body and blood that was on the cross that very body and blood that purchased for us the forgiveness we so desperately need throughout our lives so we have comfort we have strength we have Christ who shields us through word and sacrament as we you know, observe these signs, as we live under these difficult signs we have to face, we come to Christ. And there we have what we need. So that's one thing we are to do besides just recognizing the signs. We come to Christ. The other thing we are to do is, is described for us very beautifully in both of Peter's epistles. Peter talks about the last days, and he also talks about what we are to do during these last days. Chapter 4 of, the, of his first epistle, he says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober, be alert, and be sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. So what he's saying is that besides coming to Christ for comfort, we are also to live holy, godly lives. The comfort we ourselves have received, the love that we ourselves have, we have received, in Christ, we are also to share with others. We are to love one another. We are to care for one another. We are to use our various vocations to serve one another. So do not stop loving and serving one another while we are waiting for Christ to come talking to you especially within this congregation. We need to come to Christ because he has what we need every day, forgiveness, which gives us the sure hope of everlasting life. But we also need to love one another constantly, consistently, 
in ways that we can while we are waiting. In the last chapter of 2 Peter, Peter puts all these things together in just a few verses. He says, therefore, dear friends, while you wait, make every effort, number one, to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's talking about coming to Christ, because the only place where we can be found without spot or blemish is in Christ, who forgives all our sins, who washes away all our sins, so that we are spotless and without blemish in God's sight and at peace with God. We come to Christ. Okay? He goes on to say, Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, and he's talking about the coming of Christ, he says, number two, be on your guard so that you will not be led away by the air of lawless people. In other words, keep in mind of the signs that are out there. Guard yourselves. Watch for them. Be alert to them. But then he concludes by saying, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So this is where this love comes in for one another. We are to grow in the knowledge of Christ. We are to grow in the grace of Christ And as we do so, we are living godly and holy lives. We are able to love one another as we ought to love one another. And when we fall short of loving one another, we come back to Christ for forgiveness. And then Christ will come. And when he comes, And we see him in all his glory with all his angels, we need not fear. And he will say to us, come you who are blessed by my Father and receive the inherited kingdom, that heavenly home. So we look at the signs, yeah, they're there. We know Christ is coming. We come to Christ and we love one another. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. And now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.